Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dake, Mitch Hotch with you this morning. Uh, got a busy show today. Of course, we'll talk about uh, uh, the news. There's really only one news headline in, around the world today, but we'll talk about the market implications of that. Uh, there are various uh, interesting things that happened with the market, things that happened and didn't happen in the market uh, reacting to yesterday. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we have two guests on our docket. Mark Chaikin will join us at 8.15. We're also, also joined by a new guest, Buck Andrews. He is the co-founder of Inform. I should also mention that today's show is sponsored by Inform. Inform's enterprise news productivity tool is designed to enable you to perform more thorough stock research by isolating the specific articles that are most impactful to your portfolio. Learn more at inform.info. That's I-N, the number four, M, dot info, or click on the link in the description of this video. And there is the uh, the URL on the screen right there. Um, hit that like button as well. Uh, show us some love on YouTube. That, that helps us out. We appreciate that. And uh, let's bring in Joel here. Joel, update us on what happened here in the overnight S&P futures trading session. Ah, good morning, Spencer. Good morning, traders and investors. Uh, the S&Ps are up 20 and a quarter handles at 37, 60.75. We got some really nice levels on the upside and the downside to keep an eye on. Uh, crude, that's up 32 cents at uh, 50.95. Gold getting a little bounce back from yesterday's shellacking. That's up 11 bucks at 19.9060. Silver, that's up just about 20 cents at 27.24. And Bitcoin continues its relentless march higher, up $2,135 and $38,700. That is talking about the uh, futures. Uh, good morning, Dennis, and uh, how are you doing on this Thursday morning? We're doing good. Lots of trading action. I mean, the the immediate threat is over. So obviously, you know, we know there could be more riots. There could be more protests here. But I I feel like that was the the protest. I think eventually here we will move on. I know a, you see the events from yesterday and everybody thinks the worst and it's just going to be protest for the whole entire four-year Biden campaign. I do not believe that is going to be the case. I believe this market will move on. I believe that's why the market is up here again today. I think the markets see this as, okay, well, this was like the last, you know, stand here. I mean, making the point, um, you know, obviously we don't want to get into the political, you know, aspect of it all. But, you know, this didn't help Trump's legacy. This is actually probably killed it. But, I mean, I feel like this 
I feel like the markets are going to get past this. I feel like they're already looking past this. And I feel like that there's not going to be protests for the next four years. Some people firmly believe we're just going to have protests upon protests for the next four years. Nobody's going to accept Biden as the president. I do not believe that's the case. That's my opinion, though. I like to be optimistic on this uh, and just say that I think that was the event. And I think we're going to get past this. You, you want to know how surprised I am? Uh, I'm, I, I'm so surprised that the market did not fall down on this. Uh, and, and this is how, how much times have changed, right? Mm-hmm. When Dwight Eisenhower had a heart attack, how, how, how much do you think the stock market fell? Uh, uh, Dow Jones. I'll tell you. Fell 6.5%. That day. Because the president had a heart attack in 1955. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday... It went up. I know. It and it it shows that this market has been and still is completely disconnected from reality. But if you want to argue the market's point, it sees this as the event that maybe okay, now maybe this is it. They made their stand and maybe we can move past it. Some people believe there's gonna be a revolution coming. I'm reading in the chat. I don't think that's gonna happen. So I think you're going to, we're, you know, we're going to get the Biden presidency here in 13 days. Um, is it going to be a smooth transition? Probably not. But I think we saw the fireworks yesterday. I don't think we're going to top that. I hope, I sure hope we're not going to top that. Um, markets obviously look past it. I mean, unbelievably. And you're exactly right. I mean, if these were normal markets, the markets would have been down significantly on all those events yesterday. And what do we sell off? Maybe 10 S&P points? 20 S&P points as it was occurring. It had a little dip in there, but not even enough to even think about taking us red. So, and again, you know, the silver lining market, when we were down yesterday morning and we're saying, you know, we're looking at, you know, this, you know, the potential increase in taxes because Biden administration is going to control the Senate. I mean, the market shrugs that off too, and then went right to the stimulus. And, you know, I tweeted it out. I mean, I think we rally no matter what, because the, the silver lining market that finds the good in everything. So, how do you be short? I mean, let's just take it back to the markets, Joel. How do you come in here and place a bearish bet with the market at all-time highs again? Inflation concerns out there, which increases asset prices. And you see an event yesterday, and the market doesn't even go down. I mean, how do you be short? Uh, very difficult. Um, the only thing I'll say is that if you are, uh, pick a stop. Pick a stop out point. That's really the only thing. I mean, people will always try to do that, but uh, right now, um, I'm not sure about the fundamentals, but uh, the technicals are, are strong. And all indications are trying to be a technical trader. All indications are that, you know, the market's going up. We do have some important levels to take care of on the upside. And the downside, you got to go a long ways to, you know, to really to get to say we're in a danger zone in any way. And so if the market's going to continue to shrug off all bad news, including a storming of the Senate, I can't place bearish bets. I'll stay hedged. I stay market neutral, you know, ETFs. and But I'm still even in my long-term portfolio leaning a little bit long every night because this bloody market just keeps wanting to go higher. I mean, you have go, – go take it to Tesla, which is the poster child for this market. It's up another 21 points here this morning. It is completely disconnected from reality. It doesn't matter. And – it looks like it's going to a thousand bucks. I mean, you've got another bear throwing in the towel here this morning, Spencer. RBC analyst throws in the towel on the bear thesis, uh, upgrade or upgrades the stock from sell to neutral, raises his price target from three hundred and thirty-nine dollars to seven hundred, and says we got the story completely wrong. 
I mean, you've got everybody throwing in the towel here now on this. It's just, it, how do you fight it? The, the, are the analysts, the fundamental analysts, have given up on the fundamentals in Tesla. Uh, yeah, what are we up? We're up by 2181 here. I will just, um, once again, I mean, it's very hard to uh, to get numbers. 695 is no longer my line in the sand. I have a new one. But the uh, the pre-market high, where do we stand here? If you're looking for a target, I mean, it blew through it yesterday. Uh, you hit, uh, this morning you hit 781.30. Currently trading at 778. Looks like you have a little bit of support on the 15-minute at 775. The Adam Jonas 810 price target is with yeah, him striking distance three days after he gives it. Those are 12 months. Was it three days? Target. Or two days. Two days. Two days after yeah. he gives it. Those are 12-month price targets. So analysts, when they come out with these price targets, Spencer, you're there. I, I believe the majority of them are typically 12 months out, right. correct? That's what I've always understood. When the analysts are coming out with price targets, I don't know where Spencer is. 12 yeah. seconds. No, I, I'm 12 here. seconds. Yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> that's funny. No, no, they, they're supposed to be 12 months out. I mean, it gets getting there in three days. This is the market that just keeps on giving. Um, I don't know when this party ends, and I tell you that the, the well, you can know why the party keeps going because the Fed keeps spiking the Kool Aid. I mean, the punch is totally spiked. I mean, you had um, Muhammad Alarian on CNBC a few minutes ago, and he outlines it perfectly. He's like, it is a rational market because it's all hopped up on Fed stimulus. It's all hopped up on low interest rates. It's all hopped up. So until they stop spiking the Kool Aid, which is exactly what Muhammad Alarian just said. I mean, it's hard to get bearish. So I don't know when they're going to stop doing that. Maybe it's eventually going to be an issue. Inflation becomes an issue and they have to do something. But right now, on their statistics, we don't have any inflation. They're looking for more inflation. So they're getting it. They're getting it in asset prices. And you know what? This will filter its way down into the economy as well because you're just printing money everywhere. I mean, Bitcoin's worth a trillion dollars. It's worth a trillion bucks. It's nothing. It's just like it's digits on a screen. They just created a trillion dollars. A trillion dollars out of nothing. It's nothing. There's no fundamental value to Bitcoin. But you know what? I'm long it because why not? I'll go and, and I'll, I'll I'll join the party. I, I don't believe in any of this, you know, that the valuations here on most of these, a lot of these stocks and, you know, in the crypto. I don't believe in any of this. But the story is there and the Kool-Aid in the punch is spiked. So why not? Why not stay bullish? There's no reason not to. I know. There's, no, there's no reason not to stay. I'm, I'd love to be a bear. There's every fundamental case to look at. You know, we get the Senate. We got potential, you know, riots, you know, you know, and obviously I think that I, like I said, I think the worst on the riots. I hope that that was the worst. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's going to get more ugly, but I feel like when Trump is out of the picture in 13 days, we will eventually look past this. So. I I mean, I, I, you, maybe you can tell, but you know, like by Joel and my lack of enthusiasm today. But I, it, it's such a, it's such a contradiction because on the one hand, like I'm just super disturbed, but on the other hand, I, I can't bring myself to actually do any, like you know, take any invest, take any, uh, uh, cash to my portfolio, sell any investments. Take well, whoever any did it yesterday take, was wrong. Take, take any, take any risk off the table. I can't do it. I just Whoever. can't do it. Whoever sold stocks in yesterday's sell-off when it all started was wrong. I did one thing yesterday. I bought AAXN because I was like, when this started happening, I'm like, uh, okay, taser. 
So, so it's up to buy. I bought it yesterday in the 120 handle. It's up at 123.75. It's a bit with an odd lot up there. So I don't know if that continues. But I saw Gunmakers taking off, and I'm like, okay, well, Axon probably gets some like too. We saw DGLY exploding yesterday. Yeah, you know, we should talk about that. Sure. Let's we'll, we'll talk about Digital Ally. I don't. I I don't know if we've ever seen this before. I can't. Maybe if we have, I don't remember. Uh, where a company announces a stock offering, and then what? Like an hour later. They say, never mind. This company is just all nonsense. So wait here. Let's get the timing right. Yeah. Uh, they announced a, uh, a a stock offering. I, I have the press release in Benzinga Pro at 7.16 p.m. At 10 p.m., they said they're not going to proceed with the, with the offering. So two hours and 45 minutes later. This is what's happened. And I can tell you, they're like, they saw this huge spike in their price and they're like, man, it'd be nice to get, you know, some, you know, to get some more liquidity here and sell some stock up at 350. Then they announced the offer and the stock went from 350 down to 270. They just tanked the whole thing back and they're like, okay, well now it's back to where it was yesterday. Like, why do we want to do the offering now? You know, if we got to do an offer now, we're gonna have to do it like 250 or 240. We're not gonna get the, this inflated riot pricing here. So they pulled it. That's probably what happened behind the scenes. We aren't in the boardroom. We don't know exactly what they're saying, but I'm saying if I was in their shoes and I need to raise some cash, I'd like to do it into the fluff of yesterday because it got a 30% bump or 25% bump because of what was happening at the Senate. And then they announced that, and it tanked on that. It puked on that. So I think they pulled it for the simple reason that they saw what the stock did after hours. They're like, oh, we're not going to get that much interest here. We don't have to do this thing down at like 250. We don't want to do that. So let's just pull it. I think that's what happened. It sure does. I mean, looking from the chart, you got up near four bucks yesterday, uh, down 59 cents. So. When I see these kind of moves and something, you got to think about people that did buy it yesterday are caught and they're saying, man, if this gets back to 363, I just gonna, I'll be flat on the mark. I'll scratch it. So we'll look at the 363, maybe overdone on the downside. It's interesting, though, that uh, they where they whack it to. They whacked it down to 267. Uh, right? On the offering price, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they pulled it, and then it went back up. Obviously, this morning. I mean, it's kind of traded technical, believe it or not. Yesterday's low was two sixty, and then they whacked it down there. So, uh, two sixty uh, to the close. That's your early range here in DGLY. All right, let's talk good news here because everybody has down about what obviously happened at the Senate. But let's move it into individual stocks. You got the mover of the day is Plug Power. Well, can, yeah. can, we, can we do it with our guest? Uh, yeah. Yeah, all right. I'm bringing Mark Chaikin on right now. Mark is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, joins us every other Thursday. I, I need some routine, some regularity in my life. Glad to see you, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Congratulations on the new platform. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. Thank you. Does this mean we short Zoom, Mark? Because we're not I, using Zoom now? Zoom was my bear stock of the week on Sunday. Ooh. I haven't had a bear stock of the week in six months. Seven I, you know what? And and we, we were using Zoom before it was cool. And now we just moved yeah. into something else. So what does that mean for Zoom? Uh, well, <laughs> there's, a lot of com- there's a lot of competition in the space. This is a pretty good know? platform. What yeah, is this platform? Ring, Ring Central's getting into this with an integrated product. Uh, you know, Zoom has become part of our fiber. It's sort of like Xerox. You know, when in the, in the 60s, you Xeroxed something, even when it was coming from another. Um, yep. Machine. 
even was I coming mean, from another machine. So, yeah. you know, Zoom is a great platform. We started using it five years ago yeah. for webinars. Um, yeah. And we pay a lot of money every year when they were still private. So, yeah, I, I think you sell Zoom on any rallies, uh, you know, up to 400 and uh, certainly to 450. And it could happen, but not in this market. The tech stocks are, are taking a beating. And so are some of these um, stay-at-home economy stocks. Yeah, it's it gets a, it's it's been trying to hold on here for a few days, but this looks like a consolidation to go lower to me as well. I mean, I've been on the bearish zoom train here <laughs> way too early. I'll tell you that much. I was a bearish when it was going up still, but I mean, it broke and you know, 500, 400, 300. I mean, valuation doesn't matter. The story has cooled off significantly here. If we do get past the virus, you know, obviously that's not good for Zoom, uh, which benefits directly from the lockdown. And then, like you said, competition. I mean, we're using the stream yard here. This is pretty impressive. So, I mean, competition coming for them. So a lot of reasons not to own Zoom, in my opinion. Completely agree. I want to bring this over to Peloton then, uh, Mark, because this is obviously the other lockdown stock. Kramer actually got bearish this two days ago for the first time. He has been on the bull train forever, and he put it on his no list for 2021. And the reason was is that he thought the valuation was extreme. We're getting past the virus. Same stuff that I basically just outlined. Um, but just saying that the story... You know, it's going to cool off significantly if we start going back to our normal business. Well, just remember, you can't short stocks based on valuations. We saw that in 1999 and 2000. So Zoom Zoom has broken down technically. Beyond Meat has broken down technically. Peloton is still holding a really nice higher high, higher low pattern. So I don't like Peloton. I didn't like Nautilus. Nautilus clearly didn't have the fundamentals to support the move into the high 20s or maybe it got higher. Uh, so yes, I would avoid Peloton, but I don't think it's a short here. Not yet. What about this market overall? The resilience that you see yesterday, hardly selling off when the Senate is under attack. Um, we're up here again this morning, market obviously looking past all of this to a Biden presidency here. What are your thoughts, the overall market? And then maybe you got a couple stock picks for us. Yep. Uh, well, I've used a slide in my webinars for the last two years, ever since uh, sort of Trump. uh, I guess it started with the um, impeachment hearings and so forth. Political upheaval does not create bear markets. You go all the way back to the Kennedy assassination, to the um, Chicago 7 riots in the summer of 68, when the market continued on till January of 69, uh, on and on and on, Iran-Contra and so forth. Uh, so the market has a good sense of looking beyond this and, you know, a, a this too shall pass sense. I guess if there was a market during the Civil War, maybe it would have reacted a little more, you know, a, a publicly participating market. But uh, I do think that there are buying opportunities in here. And a day like yesterday, the last two days, really, where you see that there's a shift in the Senate, and that Biden's going to be confirmed are very, very helpful for investors and traders because you want to look at what stocks were up yesterday, even after the afternoon sell-off. And you see a real pattern. You First, you saw the day before solar. Um, so, for instance, first solar, the CEO resigned, said he was going to retire. So the stock took about an I don't know, 8% hit, and then it made it all the way back. And then the pre-market, it's up really nicely today. Yeah. So solar is going to benefit from the Biden triumvirate of the Democrats controlling all yeah. the power in, in Congress. Um, 
You also want to look at the infrastructure stocks. We've been talking about Quanta services. We mentioned that on the show about um, four weeks ago, PWR. Yeah. They help rebuild the power grid. Yeah. Uh, there's some company, I think it's Manitowoc, uh, was up big yesterday. You know, infrastructure plays. And the financials. The financials were up big yesterday. Uh, CFG would be a stock that I would look at. It has a bullish rating. Not all the banks have bullish ratings in the power gauge. Uh, because the assumption now is that, yeah, the Fed is telling you that interest rates are going to be at zero through the end of 23. But if the economy does pick up, we look beyond COVID, the vaccine rollout finally gets on track with a coordinated effort from the top, from the administration, the new administration. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of inflationary pressure, not a lot, uh, but interest rates are certainly going up the, the uh, spread. Um, you know, between five year and 30 years has moved up to a four year high, I think. Yeah. And so the banks are a place I would look. The insurance companies were up big yesterday. So there's plenty to look at. What's not doing well is big cap tech. Uh, now that that will probably change. I don't think I would puke out big cap tech, but I certainly wouldn't be uh, afraid to um, to buy these infrastructure plays. We've liked them for a long time. I mean, just going back to the banks, and I've noted this for years, and I've traded this relationship for years. You look at that TLT going down, and you can just at any given time, you can look, and the opposite mirror image of it will be the banks going up. I mean, there is nothing that affects them more than rates, and the TLT is your perfect indicator. Every single day I trade that TLT is down, I automatically assume the banks are going to show relative strength. TLT is up. I automatically assume the banks are going to show weakness. And I mean, I trade that relationship. So I'm one of those people who are keeping that relationship in line. And I bet you there's a couple hundred, you know, maybe even a thousand other people doing the same thing. Well, so, computer, I mean, forget about people. There are computers. Who no, are that's, 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 that's that. an algorithmic relationship. You're right. Yeah. That's a computerized, you know, that's, that's, an, that's an HFT relationship right there. That's going, that just seems to hold almost every single day and it's not you know it's the same thing today tlt down a buck your banks are showing relative strength bank of america up two percent jp morgan up two percent so i mean what you were talking about there too it's all about rates and obviously long-term expectations for rates are that they are going to start sneaking up or the tlt would not be showing this weakness now the fed has other tools in their toolbox uh duration tools that they can roll out if they don't want rates to go up and you know Powell has said he doesn't want them to go up. So it's not a, a layup that rates are going to boom, but certainly a better environment for the banks if the economy can reopen and rates are moving up. Well, a small business for the banks, too. I mean, a lot of the banks are relying on small business, and there's no, you know, it's, it's no news to anyone that small business really suffered in 2020, and the banks did along with them. So as small business starts to come back to life, and we hope that we are going to pass this virus, you got to think that's good for the banks too. So that's another reason why the banks are probably outperforming right now. Yeah. And that's why I like the regional uh, banks, Fifth Third and CFG and, uh, you know, whatever SunTrust is called these days. I think they merged with someone uh, because they're more sensitive to the small business community. And um, I, I think it's going to be good. W what are you guys seeing on big tech? Have you been talking about it? We talk about big tech every day, and obviously, I still own a lot of big tech. I mean, we t we had Ryan Craver on the show, retail analyst, yesterday talking about Amazon. I mean, what I see has happened in Amazon is you had this huge, you know, maybe a little bit overdone move from March, where we went, from, we basically doubled 
from 1700 to 3400 in the matter of you know three months and i mean this is impressive when a trillion dollar company doubles to two trillion dollars it's not like a hundred million dollar company going to 200 million or even 100 billion going to 200 billion this was serious wealth created just in the stock alone and a lot of times when you see a move like that you've got a digestion period before it can make another move i feel like we're hanging up here at 3000 to 3300 on a stock like amazon and we're just digesting the huge move that we had from march to june in 2020 so you know eventually i do believe amazon continues higher because i don't think it's going away the business is great it probably continues to grow probably continues to eat everybody else's lunch unless Biden starts, you know, and this is the, the, the different administration starts to attack the, you know, the big corporate businesses in favor of small businesses. And, you know, and then so, you know, you can look at it from that perspective. If you want the bear case, um, then, you know, if Biden's going to start to, you know, break up. And, but it's breaking up the big mega caps, you know, breaking up Amazon, Facebook, Google necessarily bad for them, for the stock owners. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's not high up on his agenda. I don't think so. Not, not with COVID and you know a, a potential insurgency threat, you know, ongoing and you know spreading out through the country. I do want to inject a note of caution, which I did in my weekly market letter on Sunday. I think there's going to be a two-way market here, particularly leading up to uh, earnings season, and then you know companies really have to uh, deliver, and not just in terms of beating estimates, but in terms of guidance. Uh, because expectations are obviously very high with the market up here, uh, close to 3,800 on the S&P. So I think there's going to be a two-way market. Um, I, I haven't been all that upset about Bitcoin and put call ratios, but uh, you've got to be mindful of the fact that we're in that part of the year when earnings matter. And, um, you know, I think this is a two-way market. I said we'd have one, and we, we certainly have for the first four days of the uh of the week of the new year. And uh, I, I think traders have to be traders in this environment and not be stubborn. That, that's a really good point. You should bring a Bed Bath Beyond, for example, reported today, missed on the top line, missed on the bottom line. And uh, guidance was, I guess, light as well. Oh, no, they raised their buyback. Excuse me, I misread that. They raised their buyback by, by a little bit, but they missed on the earnings estimates. And there you go. What are they? What's the stock doing? It's down 13%. So here's the deal. Bed, Bath & Beyond, whether they beat or miss, always sells off after earnings. <laughs> I say, no, I'm serious. It's about 16 out of 18 quarters, maybe 20 out of 24 quarters. Well, usually it always off. sells off. So if you go back on a, on a five-year chart, you'll see that. Uh, just, you know, Bed, Bath & Beyond is a disaster. They're closing stores. They're dependent on... Uh, the internet, and they're not Amazon. So, you know, you can buy a lot of these things uh, on Amazon if you have an offer from them and you've got prime shipping. Although a Bed Bath & Beyond does have a loyalty club where you pay 20 bucks a year and you get next day shipping. We do that. But uh, this is not a stock you want to own. I I mean, and this is the way this market was back in September, October, and even, you know, in the middle. Oh, these companies here, these retail companies are turning around because they're getting an online presence. Well, you know, the pie is only so big. And let's be honest, Amazon's still going to be eating a hell of a lot of that pie. Um, just because you get an online presence doesn't mean you're turning the whole company around. We've seen so many stocks, you know, benefiting, obviously, from, you know, having an online presence all of a sudden i just feel like in some of these companies it's still bed bath and beyond even though it's bed bath and beyond online 
it's still Bed Bath & Beyond. So the stock went in September from 12 to 26 because they're getting a better online presence. And all of a sudden, everybody's still realizing, oh, but it's still Bed Bath & Beyond. So just because you get an online presence doesn't mean you're necessarily going to take your stock back to all-time highs. And in that vein, people ought to keep an eye on Shopify. It's had a bit of a run-up. Um, Shopify is a mystery to me. You know, they're getting into all sorts of things like logistics, uh, but they're powering most of the mid to small yeah. online retailers. And it hasn't had a bullish power gauge rating. I think this is a stock you got to watch. There's a potential short if it breaks down technically uh, where you, you've got a lot of downside. And, and a lot's going to depend on their next earnings report because if they can't deliver earnings now in the COVID environment. This is their environment. This, this is their field day environment you know and i i don't see it in the stock price what do you see in the stock price joel it's been weak joel's been sleeping here come on joel, joel, <laughs> joel, yeah joel had a rough day yesterday watching these well, we, <laughs> we, we no did. no we no mark did, i just you know i like that there's i learn a lot listening to you so I, oh, that's what you. i like um you know extended downtrend here well just off the high, kind of looks like it has uh, 1050 on the mind. I see three lows in that area. Uh, the you know you, you matched your your two day low, but I see this kind of congestion area here between 1050 and 10. Uh, well, that's 1050 and 1080. So looking at it to come down. Major support down to 1050 though. Yeah, in the spirit of full disclosure, we were recommending shorting it in that first run to that congestion area off the um, November lows, and then it broke through. So, covered the short, or you know, closed out the puts. And I do think that this is a potential uh, short candidate uh, down the road. Maybe not right here. Mark, uh, before I let you go, are there any EV and or lithium plays you you have your eye on, or are you just staying away from it? Boy, this is a market. I don't understand how they put up bridges and not have them fall down. So it's beyond me how they're going to get a battery that's going to last uh, longer than the ones we have now, whether it's hydrogen or lithium. Uh, and there are too many of them. If you can pick and choose, I guess the ETF is the way to play it. Uh, the, is that the LIT? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think there's another one too, but... You know, I, I trying to pick a winner in there is like trying with, to yeah. pick I mean, a winner in a twenty horse. You're, uh, you're pre derby. speaking music to my ears. That's exactly how I think about things. Can't pick a winner. Pick them all. Yeah. Mark Jakin is the founder <laughs> of Jakin Analytics. Thanks, Mark. Thanks yeah, a lot, John. John. Dennis. Happy New Year. Be well. Happy don't Christmas don't too. despair. This this too shall pass. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. Eight thirty one. We're gonna have. Uh, our next guest on in a couple of minutes. Let let's do. Uh, uh, Dennis was, was going to go to Plug Power before we wow. went to Mark. So yeah. let's look. Let's look at Plug, plug here. Man. We haven't had a a crazy uh, overnight uh, move thanks to a random headline in in an EV stock in a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. But we got one here yesterday. Plug Power announced a strategic partnership with a South Korean. Uh, SK Group. They're going to accelerate the hydrogen economy expansion in Asian markets. That's what they said. Plug Power is going to receive a $1.5 billion strategic investment from the SK Group. 
I mean, it started, they halted the stock, the stock gapped and opened up at 37 and a half and just kept running and running and running. They couldn't stop buying. They bought almost $45. It cooled off a little bit since then, but 3.2 million shares. It's one of pile of stock trade last night. The stock's making new multi-year highs. Which I'm going to say all-time highs because we know back in the year 2020 or, or in, back in the year 2000, the stock was significantly higher than this, but it's been off the races for a while here now. Uh, fuel cell, same thing. FCEL is getting a, a sympathy lift up 15%. And then you have the sleepy one, Ballard Power, which I've played a couple of times here. And it looks ready to go here again. And it obviously is trading up on the news. I think this one can move too. I don't have a position right now. I want to be back in. I had one. I, I actually traded a little bit last night on this. It just got overdone. I sold it. Um, but BLDP is that one. That one's in Canada as well. Wow, I don't know how much is going to add to Plug's bottom line here, but wow, forty four ninety five is where it got to, and then I think some people woke up at four a.m. and said, "This is in the forties. I need to sell some," and that's what you see. But it looks like just under forty two. You've been finding buyers here. This is just really short term trading here. Uh, forty one forty five looks like a, just an area where someone's trying to bring it. Let's call forty one forty. I'll call that minor support. And then 4140 to 44. That I, I'd use those parameters. That's uh, your range since 4 a.m. I don't know. The way it feels right now, I don't know if you're going to see that 4495 again today. Just the fact that we've backed off $2.5 from it. And then let's just do fuel cell here. Everybody's trading this thing. This thing gets a 15% sympathy left. I mean, that is an impressive Ooh. sympathy left. I, I, I'm so, this is one that, you know, I had this stock in my long-term portfolio for like three or four months. And I just got sick of them. They kept doing dilution offerings. And I got sick of it finally. And I sold it out. And I actually, like, like I had it in my portfolio at $2.50. Wow. And it sat there forever. It sat there forever doing nothing. Like, you know, I, I was I think I bought it back in like June when plug started getting hot. And I'm like, well, eventually fuel cell will go. And July and August and September and October. And I finally think I sold it like early October. It sat there for another month. And then it just Robin had grabbed a hold of the story and blasted off. And I've never been so disappointed on not owning a stock before because I had it for so long. And not since I had the Heinz where I had it for 10 years in my portfolio. And then I sold it finally because I got sick Warren of it. Warren took it bought it then a week later for like a 50% premium. That's how I feel on fuel cell. So sometimes you're going to kind of have it and you finally give up on it. And then it goes and it's like, oh, I was right. But I just didn't wait long enough. Now it's $14. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It is a company that loves to dilute them, to dilute shareholders. So probably another offering coming. They seem to do one every six weeks. But, I mean, the story has been grabbed and run with by Robin Hood. I have no idea where the party ends here. Usually does an FCEL, but wow, Plug, Fuel Cell, and Ballard being sleepy. These stocks have been very good performers lately. I uh, got a big uh, big pop in twice. You made a run at, what, at uh, 14.85. You actually hit that number twice. So that's a 14.85.15 potential sell area. You're breaking out for 14, and here you are at 14.07. So I think if you're buying this off the hop, you really, mm, if you want to see it hold, well, not, it's not even 14. Actually, those highs, let's call it 13.80 if you split like three highs back from the end of the year. Uh, so it, 
under 14, maybe fill the gap. What's yesterday? Oh, yesterday's low is 1345. I don't know if they'll give it back that much, but those old highs come in right around 1370. And if you get another look at 1485, uh, just be aware there were there were sellers out there. Uh, that was in the pre-market. That was after 4 a.m. today. All right, we're gonna do uh, start doing a new segment on Thursdays uh, called Headlines That Moved Our Stocks. And just to help imagine it. that sound, or where, where would that sound come from? <laughs> you imagine? Let's bring on. <laughs> I made you laugh, Spencer. All right, let's bring on our guest here. To bring on our guest, Buck Andrews, who's the co-founder of Inform. Uh, Buck, welcome. Thanks for joining us this morning. Sorry, that really cracked me up, Joel. Thank, uh, thanks for joining us this morning, Buck. Oh wait, your your mic's on mute. Oh no, gotta get you off mute. Gotta get you off mute in the bottom corner, bottom left corner, bottom left corner, Buck. Let's see if we can unmute ourselves. He's finding it because I because I can't do it. That's one of the things on Streamyard is I can't. On, if you choose to mute yourself, I oh, can't I unmute you Zoom. for him. <laughs> uh, on the bottom of the screen there, there you should be you should see a microphone button uh, of, of 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 the stream yard. You should see a microphone button. Um, and let's see if we can get Buck uh, unmuted here, so we can get talking about headlines that moved our stocks here. Um, let me see. Might have to if you've got it. It might be minimized. Maybe. Maybe, well, well, Buck. So let us know if you can uh, get that microphone unmuted. There's that. There's a, a button there on the bottom of the of the Streamyard tab that you're in, where you can. If you, you open can, up, the, you, yeah, you, you can do that. So we will get. Can you Buck, show? Why don't you um share your your uh, screen? It, you can't. I, I I can't share. Uh, hold on. Let the me screen. Let me... And maybe I could. Maybe I could. Here, let's let's try something here. Let me. Uh, I can share mine. That would be a like screen. That would be screen screenception. Okay. Uh, if you want to bring it up, Joel, um, I can. We can try to point it out. But right, uh, I'm gonna stop. He'll figure it out in the background. I'll here. stop this share and I will share from this one. This Who owns Streamyard that we're using right now? Is it just its own? Don't private even. Company? Don't even try, it, Dennis. It's private. Oh, yeah, I like this. I like. Oh, you know where I'm going. This, here we go. Here we go. Wait, wait, wait. We got him. We we got him. Buck, are you with us? Wait, wait. I am, but it looks like we've got a pretty good delay. Is that uh, okay? Now we're on. No, we got you. We got you. Okay, great, right. great, great. Excellent. Buck oh, Andrews. That's my first time on StreamYard. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Buck Andrews is the co founder of Inform. Uh, Buck, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome, to, welcome yes. to our humble abode. Um, Tell us a little bit before we get into your background and, and, and what Inform does. Tell us a little bit about Inform. Okay. So, uh, so we, um, what we are is we're a news and content provider. Okay. So um, the, the, the genesis of the product, uh, it started with a hedge fund um, actually taking in a Bloomberg feed. And uh, what that company was doing is they were, they were, uh, taking the Bloomberg feed, they were taking the news and analyzing the news and throwing out duplicates and and searching for the important stories in different categories that would be uh, presented to the portfolio managers. So that's a function that's generally pre 
uh, done by the traders. You know, they get in two hours before the portfolio managers come in, in the morning and they perform that function. So um, automating that function is how this started. Um, this hedge fund um, went out of business. Um, and when it did, the software was broken out uh, by one of my partners. Um, we started to take that product and go to other hedge funds. Um, and when we did that, you know, they wanted to put it on-prem. Um, the technology they wanted to use uh, was, we thought, a bit outdated. And we just didn't think it was a great long-term solution. So we started chatting about it. And we, we uh, first thing we came up with was to move it to the cloud. And then the next thing was that, you know, just like a Netflix or um, some of these other companies, we wanted to be a content provider. So the objective there was to bring as much content into the cloud as possible. I and mean, this is, uh, if you look at Bloomberg, you look at uh, FactSet and Street Account, and these guys spent tens of millions of dollars building infrastructure to actually bring in uh, news into their backends and process that news. Um, in today's world, in the cloud, we can do that and uh, you know, not have to pay money for that in infrastructure. So. Um, you know, everything's at AWS. And um, as we got into it, we said, you know, we should really take this a step further. Um, why don't we put in an AI layer on top of it? So uh, one of my ex-partners um, is a professor at University of Sydney. He's, uh, you know, I, I worked with him uh, on a company back in 2010. Uh, when we got slammed by the uh, down 2010 downturn. We, we uh, closed that company and he went off to get his uh, PhD in AI. So today what we have is we have a product that is a massive aggregator. I think we've got about 30 or 40 sources and continue to add sources. Uh, we bring that into the cloud and then we run that through our AI engines and we rank it based on relevance um, so that relevance is kind of like a, a volatility indicator. Um, how much will this story move the stock? Okay. And then we apply the AI applies a direction to it. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a twofold. And then we, we take those and we multiply those and we come up with the impact number. So we rank all the stories based on impact. So you can imagine this back end reading thousands of stories. Um, and then ranking those stories and presenting those stories to, the, to our users. So essentially all you have to do really is you type in um, the stories you want to follow uh, or, or not the stories, but the stocks you want to follow. You create your portfolio. Um, and once you do that, um, we read all the news for you. You open up that up in the morning. And in one place, you can get a presentation on everything that's come out. It's, uh, it's interesting because you're you're essentially like hard coding one of Dennis's strategies, which is looking at at and Dennis just does it sort of in his head, right? But you're doing it on paper, so to speak, and you're actually saying, okay, here's how much weight this headline carries, right? Here's how much this headline could potentially move a stock, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, uh. Let's let's talk about a couple here, uh, and I'll bring up the platform. And let's let's start with Micron because Micron. Well, would... I've got I've got what what of, of course you know, yeah I've been in the software software space a long time. Okay. I've also run a hedge fund, but um, and Mark Chaikin actually I've worked with Mark Chaikin in the past too, which is kind awesome. of funny. 
that was awesome. That was, uh, that was, but um, so, so here, uh, so here uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring up the platform here. Well, that's what you're not going to do because okay. we released. Of course, we released a new version last night. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and, I won't bring up the platform. And one, of, and, and one of our developers is in. This is you know is in Australia. To be honest, and okay. we released this new version. And we've got a database issue, so okay. Um, I, 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 won't, I, I won't bring it up. I won't bring it up. <laughs> well, but, you can bring it up, but it's not going to come up. <laughs> can we give the name of the platform again? Because well, here, I, 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 I have it up on my screen here, so hopefully, I, I mean, it, it should it should work. Is it loading? But, yeah, Is it, loading? I, I, it looks like it's loading for me. Uh, did I get it right? Uh, yeah, it looks like we got it fixed. Looks like it's loading wow. for me. So it's inform <laughs> inform dot info in four m dot info. So wait, so for example here, Micron, right? They report when after the close, I believe. No, tonight. Yeah, tonight. Okay, last night, so, two, two nights ago. The, they right. report tonight. They, they report tonight. So oh, they so, report tonight. Yeah. So yeah. like, give us like walk us through like what what I'm what I'm showing here. Like, so here's an upgrade from Citigroup from when two days ago. Right. So from the best. So what 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 we we're doing there is you're looking at um, that impact number, and um, that impact number is a combination of the relevance and a grade that we we price on it and set, or put on it. So so because Micron got the upgrade, uh, um, but it also got a increase in the price target. You know that's that, that uh, gave it. We assigned the AI assigned it a, a pretty high impact number. So like, what, wait, what is high? Like one point one two. Like, what? What is that? Yeah, anything, anything, you know, in the positive. Like, so obviously it can go down to a negative two, but you'll never see that. It go up to a positive two, but you'll never see that. So, you know, anything like above a point five really is pretty high. But sometimes you'll get, you know, impact numbers that will be, you know, green but fairly low, but could still have a big impact and. Keep in mind, um, you know, we're, we're just releasing this. We've got years of experience with AI, but the AI needs to be trained. So yeah. the product and the AI will continue to get better and better as we go. And so, and this can also, so this is one of those things that you can look back on and say, okay, last quarter, for example, the earnings headline was worth this much, right? And as, and as the AI gets better, you can, you can project that out forward, right? Uh, so you can that, say, okay, that, that's correct. So you can right. go in, um, if you click on that broker rating changes over the last 12 months, see on sure. your left-hand side, there's the yeah. screen. Oh no, query error. Tell your guy in Australia. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we're, we're having problems. Um, <laughs> when, when you log into the site, you can still log in and put your email in, but it'll be up, uh, you know, or, by over the weekend or on Monday, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to bring up a, a, resolve, a, a I'm going to bring up a bit of a sexier stock that that our chat loves, Mara Marathon Patent Group. This is a of course a, a play on Bitcoin. Walk it. Uh, anything yes. we can know? Any recent headlines here that 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 matter? Or? Yeah. Yes, and I've got those headlines um, right here, actually. Um, so if you look look at the headlines there on Marathon, you'll see that. Um, they completed a capital raise, but they also had a acquisition. So if you look at Marathon, they've been very aggressive buyer, an extremely aggressive buyer and expansion of uh, you know, of their mining uh, services. 
And um, I think of like miners are very similar to um, um, to like gold miners, really. I mean, it's your Bitcoin's almost like a commodity. You're you are, you know, the the miners will benefit and get a lot of leverage from the increase in price um, from Bitcoin. And there's a lot of momentum, as we know, behind Bitcoin, and a lot of reasons we like the stock. Um, so, so one of the reasons, you know, they've been, as I said, they've been aggressive on raising capital. They've been aggressive on expansion. So they're one of the largest players in the space. Okay, um, their break-even point is probably somewhere around six to seven thousand dollars on Bitcoin. Um, and so, as Bitcoin prices go up, their earnings and their leverage should continue to rise. Okay. There's been a lot of recent chatter from the banks, you know, like uh, I think it was uh, JP Morgan um, and it put a new price target uh, like like one hundred thirty five hundred forty five thousand on Bitcoin. So you can imagine if these guys are breaking even somewhere between six and seven thousand dollars, what's going to happen to this stock if Bitcoin continues to rise? Um, the other the other big thing there is that. Bitcoin itself um, is, you know, it's it's going to get a lot of leverage from the um, from what's going on in the economy and what's going on with the government. So there's there's pretty massive. Um, we're going to get another two point five trillion in stimulus, okay, and that stimulus is not only going to drive the market, but it could very well drive inflation. All and right, uh as it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yep. What, what what I wanted to say was we're we're gonna get to more of these uh, stocks and more of these ideas in, in future weeks, but I don't want to let you go, Buck, without first getting a floor story from you. You started your career on the Chicago Board of Trade, correct? We that's correct. We uh, try not to let anyone who's had that background off our show without sharing with us one, preferably safe for work story, if you can. Do you have any really funny stories from back from back in the day? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, can you see me? We seem to be yeah. delayed here. I see you. Okay. For some reason, I've got a huge delay on my video. I would like literally seconds, if not thirty yeah. seconds. No, no. The, the video itself, like, you, so it's seven second delay is the video from what oh, people are seeing, right. what okay. we're seeing, but we're having okay. a conversation which is then seven seconds okay. delayed. Okay. All right. Okay. So, 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 so what? One of the one of the funniest stories I think from the Board of Trade is I was in the Treasury pit, and you know it could get quite crazy. And so my first day in the Treasury pit was in uh, 83, 84, and the market went limit down, limit up, and that was abs- the absolute bottom of of the Treasuries. Okay, and so there was there was one day there's a there was a, a this one trader in there that was huge, um, trying to remember his name, but he, he was like the big, the big wig in the pit. And, um, and it got really crazy. And he threw his hands up, you know, in the air, like, you know, bidding. And he had his pencil in his hand and he stuck his pencil right in this guy's neck, right behind him. And the pencil <laughs> just stuck in his neck. I mean, oh he God. pulled his hand down and the pencil stuck Horror in the guy's story. neck. It's like, <laughs> was he okay? <laughs> yeah, he was okay. <laughs> you know, Boy. back, yeah, uh, yeah. Asking the important questions, Dennis. 
Yeah, back, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Back back then, you know, your ability to trade was dependent upon how big you were. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely. It's true. like so the football the football players did very well in the pit. They were good in the pit, no doubt. Jo- Joel, you're a swimmer. I don't know how how, how you fared. <laughs> He's feisty um, though. Joel's yeah. feisty. He's like a little honey badger in the corner, so he'd be good in there too. <laughs> All right, Buck Andrews, as I mentioned, the co-founder of Inform. I'll put that link up again. Buck, thanks for the time. Talk to you again. Yeah, and thank you. And just to let everybody know. This uh, this little issue that we've got should be straightened out here, like uh, by Monday. So um, be patient. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Buck. Okay. All what right. they Thank probably you. did is they probably kicked that guy aside, and someone took his spot. <laughs> I'm not, did you ever see somebody get a pencil in the neck? That sounds pretty rough. Holy no, God. I never saw that. Yeah. And we found that. somebody that predated you, Joel. That's yeah. impressive too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. Talking yep. about 84 before Joel. Yeah, I was right. there when they found a board of trade. So we got seven <laughs> minutes here. Let's do some ticker time. I'm ready. Let's do you want to do some earnings? Like we got constellation really. brands. No, we, no, 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 I want to do ticker time. You, you don't, you I'm don't bored care. with constellation brands. Al brands beats or raises guidance and the stock went down. It's actually come back here now. I mean, Al and STZ is straight enough. I just did them all for him. Bed Bath and Beyond sucked. Okay, we're done earnings. Walgreens <laughs> doesn't get our air time. <laughs> Next, Green's got airtime yesterday. They can't no, get airtime. because it got the trade up into the earnings. <laughs> they can't get airtime two days in a row. It's no. against, that's against the rules. All right. Okay. What about um, thoughts on Beyond Meat from GWS? Ah, uh, stock's broken. It's a bro- story has cooled off. Stock broke down. I thought I was hoping it was ready to go around that 140. I got stopped out of it. So I lost three bucks. It's what you got to do. You have to have discipline. So I got bullish on the stock middle of December. It went up a couple of points. It was trying and then it sat there for a few days, two days. And eventually it did break down December 24th. And when the breakdown happens, it's time to hit the exit button. I'm out. And that's what you have to do is protect your capital at all costs. Uh, it's broken now. Stocks shirts broken, so not interested. One thirteen twenty six. I mean, I see the the range from yesterday, and you are getting a little bit of a a relief pop up a buck eighty eight. What are they cutting prices or something like that? Did I see that? Uh, that uh, was that was Impossible Foods. I think. Oh, that was impossible. So you got the you got the low and the close in the same area, seventeen thirty six and seventeen sixty three. Heavy volume day yesterday. Uh, so below that, that that's really the only thing you had. I when it went from it's two, ugly looking man. Yeah, that that th- those two days and looks like that's where it looks like it's heading. One thirty. We talked and Mark said it. You cannot trade on valuation, but I will tell you one thing: valuation em- eventually matters when the story cools off. So you cannot trade on valuation when there is a story. And the story cools off and nobody's talking about it anymore. That's when valuation starts to matter. And I've talked this before too. You got the huge gap. The value traders are sitting down there and saying Beyond Meat's worth 20 bucks, you know, and, and they're looking at 20 or $30. And then you got the growth guys saying, I don't care. It's got a story. I'm buying the hell out of it. Chart looks good. It's going up. It's going higher. The growth guys aren't interested now because the stock's going down. The value guys aren't interested because the valuation is just absurd still. So they've got a huge gap there. So I think eventually Beyond Meat's going to be significantly under $100. And I think that time is coming sooner than later. What about, and this one is from uh, Go for the W, Triple D, do you have any thoughts on the decent size uh, 
Uh, it, this is for virtue in, in VIRT. Any thoughts oh, on yeah. the decent sized retail blocks buying into the premium last night? VIRT. I don't. I'm, I don't even know what we're talking about here. I don't follow the virtue story that closely. Okay. I own the All shares, right. but what what was the news? Was there news? Uh, no, I, I think he's just saying he saw some some block trades. Is I think is what he's saying. I'll just say Virtue Financial. I own the stock. I know the business well. I'm obviously like a small version of a high-frequency trader. I'm sure they're doing way cooler stuff than I'm doing, but I'm doing very simplistic stuff, but I'm doing a lot of the same hedging strategies, a lot of the different arbitrage strategies, a lot of index, a lot of stuff, a lot of overlap, I would think. I'm just a smaller version, a lot smaller version, and probably not nearly as efficient. Um, But, I mean, I own this stock because I know the business. I like it. The one concern is with virtue financial is financial transaction tax i do believe if that was to get you know on it it might spook a stock like virtue but i would think that they would be first in line to get a market maker exemption so i don't sell the stock here even despite being somewhat concerned about the financial transaction taxes i think virtue and citadel would probably get uh market maker exemptions and then they're going to even make more money so um that's the only thing that could really derail this story but these companies are awesome um virtue is just fires on all cylinders it's also a volatility play as volatility goes up the stock and no coincidence it probably was rising yesterday as volatility has picked up steam here again it's got a little dividend i've i've bought it down in the 23 handle it's run a little bit here it seems to always give you another chance i don't know if you have to chase it uh but i like the business yeah that at block trade was it uh 275 uh 275,000 looked like a cross at 2596 um, well, that's just from the close. That's just a closing cross. That's just a closing cross. Yeah, I don't know where because the close was twenty five ninety six. That's just a closing cross. I don't have the trades up here. We're, we're, oh, you're looking from yesterday. Yeah, two hundred one thousand yeah. Nasdaq. That was a Nasdaq close. Okay. That was the Nasdaq. That wasn't even a closing cross. That was a Nasdaq closing print. So okay. two hundred sixty one thousand shares at, at sixteen oh oh oh. So you have that, those is close. So you have stocks that actually you always have your big liquidity event is on the closing print. People mark trades, you know, for buy on close, sell on close, market on close. Um, and those obviously all get put into the closing print. That NAS, that was the closing print. That's well, I see it hold 26. I mean, it would close right there, big block, close right there, high in the close in the same area. You want to hold 26 and got some work to do on the upside. I will say there, uh, you have the one monthly high that you spiked to. 28.59, but before that, you had some congestions right right at this area. But holding 26 looks like it's uh, poised to move higher. All right, we're gonna let Mitch out of his dungeon and allow him to ask allow him to ask a question. Mitch, there he is. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Good morning. We don't, we don't like the Dolphins jersey, but that's okay. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. You got <laughs> You're at a Detroit show, man. You're supposed to be sport Lions gear. But, okay, well. Uh, Lions gear, really? <laughs> Even though they had their fourth worst franchise in the history of the NFL, oh. we still try to support our teams here. This is a Detroit show. Uh, I, I can tell you right now, uh, I, I'll go betting maybe in that area, but <laughs> supporting the Lions is a little bit hard there. It, it um, is. It, well, it's harder on the fans, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's why I've got a disinterest in football here for the last twenty years, pretty much since we since Barry Sanders left. Uh, Mitch, what do you got for us? All right. So uh, what I want to mention is uh, gambling plays and making moves. You know, um, I know we saw in the chat mentioned uh, GNOG, um, but I was in GAN. Um, I'm still in full disclosure. I still got about a third of the position left. I'm trying to let it get up there towards that 40%. 
Um, I actually, uh, to make things easier, I'm going to share my screen here so that you guys oh. can see exactly my trade here. Um, so my risk in this one was about 5% really. Um, I wanted to risk down closer towards this uh, 15, 16 area. I, get it, I got in uh, on this pullback day right here. Yeah. Um, so, um, with that being said, you know, from the first resistance try up here at 2145 is when I've got my first sell, which is at about 28% gain there. And then I've been looking to let it keep running, you know, with this weekly chart looking great here, getting up there towards that resistance. Um, that's what I'm going to be looking for today. If we can get above this 24 and I could take above 40%, you know, one of the things that I try to do is run towards that profit. So... I'll definitely go ahead and get in towards that profit today. Joel, you're a technical guy here. How yeah, that was can? a sp spike yesterday and came back down. Um, so, wait, 20, uh, we're trading up 37 cents. I mean, that'd be a good target. I mean, it, getting over 24 today might be a little bit tough. First things first, you know, 23.73. Uh, Got to take care of that, but... Uh, Backed off off the close, but that's a good target there. Can't see anything. It looks on like it wants the monthlies. Yeah, can't like, really see anything on the monthlies. But yeah, you had to be patient with them, that one, and uh, it finally made a move. Talked about it for a long time, and nice moving. It could trade. I mean, Kenny Glick. You know, we had him on the show a couple of days ago, and he always. And this is the way I play these too. If you're looking for targets and stuff, you can look at the technicals, but you can also look at optionality. And a lot of times, they're still. You know, you got the monthly expirations that are still 20, 22 and a half, 25. And you have people who have call options. You know that you know that are playing it. Oh, I've got the 25s, and these are natural stopping points for the stocks. For the simple reason is that the people who own the 25 calls all of a sudden have money. So it's always a good idea when you're in something. Go take a look at the options chain. Even if you're in the equities, take a look at the options chain. A lot of open interest at a certain strike because when it gets there, it'll have trouble getting through that price because that's where all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of people that are in the money. So I mean, uh, that's what we look at as optionality. Um, and that's why a lot of times, you know, the 10, the 12 and a half, the 15, that's why it's not just simplistic trading. It's also just taking advantage of looking at that open interest. Because if you've got a huge open interest at a certain strike price, that will be a natural resistance point just because all those people can now make money on that stock. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll be looking for this story to kind of continue, not just in, in GAN. I'm going to be looking for opportunities in uh, DMYT. Um, I'll be looking for big pullbacks in the high flyers like Penn and DKNG. And then also we have a, a couple of SPACs that will be making moves in this area. So definitely keep an eye on this industry. All right, then I'll be around. Before we let you go. Yeah. I just want to say uh, I'm going on because we were just talking Kenny Gluck. I'm going to be on Kenny's show here tonight. It's going to be at 9 o'clock. Hit the bid.com. I don't know what I'm in for because he calls it his Thursday night schmooze. And he sits there and he, I think he smokes his pot and he drinks his drinks. And I'm not a big partier, but I'm a big stock talker. So I don't know. We'll see how this goes. But this is going to be interesting. So if you want to join us over on Kenny's show, it's hit the bid.com. Um, and I think you have to have, if you email Kenny, he can get you, um, and I can put it in there. Um, it, it, actually, if you just tweet at Kenny, he can get you a password, he said, to, to, to watch the show. Cause I think it's subscription, but if you're interested in listening to it, right. um, if, I'll, I'll, I'll tune I'll in as long as, 
if it doesn't interfere with with Jeopardy, I'll I'll, I'll tune in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'll probably be better than. than the I'm kind of scared to be honest. I'm kind of scared. I feel like you should be. That that's good. That's good. All right, uh, that'll be a wrap for us today. Smash that like button. Of course, you can always catch our replay on our podcast or on every major podcast platform. For those of you listening on our podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Today's show is sponsored once again by inform informs enterprise news productivity tool is designed to enable you to perform more thorough stock research by isolating the specific articles that are most impactful to your portfolio learn more at inform.info that's in4m.info there's the link also in the description of this video and podcast thanks to our guest today buck and mark we appreciate all of you in our chat uh stay sane we'll be back with you uh later today uh <laughs> barring presuming there's no no more craziness uh i'd like to do an afternoon show but uh, sure. I, I i guess no promises that no promises in this market everyone have a good rest of your day and good luck in your trades mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.